This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick here with MTNV Sports. I'm geeked to, today to be joined by Brandy Runyon of the Black Diamond PR and Sports Management Firm. We are so happy to have you here. We've had um, one of your clients on before, Cecil Grayson. Well, Cyril Grayson. I said Cecil. Cyril Grayson, um, who's been on here twice before. We really enjoyed having him on. Um, I went on your website. I, I kind of went through some of your stuff and your clients, and I saw that as one of the you know people that, that come out and give speeches and, and do motivational speeches, there's you. Right. And so um, I saw your story. I was like, wow, your story is amazing. I definitely want to bring you on to get your story as well. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. We're very, very happy. Look, you know, we're all in the, in the middle of this pandemic. and We're all kind of dealing with this together. How, what are you doing right now to just kind of keep things going for, uh, for you and your firm? Well, I mean, logistics wise, it really hasn't been that much more different uh, for us because you know, all the communication that we do with our guys are through, you know, Zoom meetings already or weekly phone calls and we text them and email them a lot. So on on that end of the spectrum, it hasn't been too bad. So, but, you know, some of the challenges that come into play obviously are going to impact like our athletes being able to do some appearances, some of the charity work that we normally set up for them and things like that. But all in all, um, aside from the sport industry just kind of being in limbo with closures and setbacks and things being pushed back. It hasn't been too terribly bad. Look, uh, can you give us a overall scope of what happens at the uh, Black Diamond Sports Management Firm? So your PR and sports management firm, what happens uh, with your firm? What is your firm about? Talk to us about that a little bit. Okay, so our primary objective is the full-scale representation and management of professional athletes and semi-professional athletes. So it's really everything. I tell people all the time, we get on the phone, we do consult calls, and it's so hard to, to itemize everything we do because it is so much. You know, um, uh, football is my thing. We represent all kinds of athletes from, oh my gosh, all over the spectrum. But football's my thing, so I'll probably use football in a lot of my examples. But, you know, you got football players and they'll have an agent, okay? Well, your agent does your contract negotiation. So after your contract is negotiated and you're playing wherever you're playing, well, most of the time, typically that's, that's it. Um, some of them will say that they do some form of marketing, but it's nowhere near what we do. So we do, we do literally everything um, else. So from, from, you know, their brand building, creating their brand, growing their brand, reputation management, crisis control, um, helping them uh, figure out what their charity initiatives are going to be, um, getting them involved in their communities where they are, doing appearances, speaking. We do their endorsements, their sponsorships. They call us when they're having a bad day. Um, and then we look at the transition planning as well, because eventually football's going to end, you know, for some reason, whether it's, you know, after 15 years in the league or if it's a career ending injury. So we focus on transition planning from you know, for these guys from day one so that they have an idea of what's going to happen when that day 
Um, so I've got some guys writing books, doing public speaking, they've created a foundation, they started businesses, and we kind of help them do all that. So the way our service is designed is to basically support these guys coming straight out of college, draft eligible, all the way to the end of their career and beyond. Guys like Ryan Broyles, who we represent, former Detroit Lion. Well, now he's a real estate mogul and he does public speaking and motivational stuff. So we manage him now, well beyond his playing um, career. So it's possible for a guy to come to us straight out of college, um, diploma in hand, and be under our roof for the next 15 to 30 years. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's quite holistic. That's, yeah. a, that's a holistic approach. Um, so let, let me ask you this. How'd you get your start in sports, um, like public relations and athlete management? Oh, my goodness. That's a crazy story. And, and for that, we have to go pretty far back. Um, I used to actually be more in the pre-med sector. Wait, gosh, oh, forever ago. Um, I actually went to a surgical technology school. I had a pre-med degree was specializing in plastic surgery, outpatient care, right? And my son, um, my oldest boy, came down with MRSA, and he actually almost died from it. He was in a coma um, for a few days. It was touch and go. And then he got out of the hospital the day before his second birthday. And at that point, I was like, man, something's got to change. Like, I don't want to put my kids back in daycare. And um, I had to figure something out. So that's, you know, I kind of got my start in PR and marketing way back then um, and spent, a, you know, a good 10, 11 years in the entertainment sector working with celebrities. Um, we ended up uh, specializing in product placement. So we got to manage a whole lot of really cool big events like, you know, the CMAs, the Grammys. We had the Miss America contract a couple of years. Um, just getting to hobnob and do stuff like that. Um, and it, it, it kind of turned out to not really feed my soul so much. And, you know, we can talk about that later, but that's kind of how I ended up into it. And then the scaling into sports that came a little bit later. Wow. Wow. That's, in, that's incredible. I, I want to know, like you have your own firm now, Black Diamond Firm is, is your firm, right? And it so my, my question is, how'd you get the idea to start your own firm? And then how'd you get started? Oh, Wow. So that kind of goes back to my type A personality, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the old saying goes, uh, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. And that's not, it's not to be arrogant. Um, I, think, I think I'm a special person in the fact that I'm a person who loves people. I love people. Um, I like to listen to people, like to help people. I'm really good at organizing things. I'm a great problem solver. And in working in this industry, um, you hear a lot of stories, especially in PR, um, where people will come to you and they're like, oh, I'd really like to work with you, but you know, I've worked with someone before and they didn't do anything and I spent all this money and I'm thinking, how did they not do anything? Like, we work so much. Um, and it's, I think it's just our process and our method here and putting people first and um, having that servant leadership part um, from the top to the bottom. So we actually just, we do a whole lot. So it just kind of turned into, I was trying to help people in the beginning do something. And then I realized, you know, I think I could actually do this job pretty well. And so I just kind of went off on my own and 
kind of developed it and built it and made lots of mistakes and it's it's still growing it's a work in progress every day so let's talk about some of those you know mistakes or <laughs> some of those things when you first get started right so you talked about you know how this all came about but what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in the initial the initial building process Oh my goodness. So for people like me, one of the hardest things I think for me is just kind of triaging your prospects. Um, as a, you know, a people person, I want to help everybody. And sometimes you just can't, you can't help everybody. Um, you come across a lot of clients who financially, they just can't work with you. Um, there's just a lot of that. And that for me has been the hardest thing because I want to work with everyone, but um, you just, you can't, there's not enough hours in the day. There's not enough manpower. There's not enough, you know, whatever to go around. And that's been, that's been kind of hard. Um, and then when you're building a business, getting your name out, networking, all of those things that you have to do, it takes time. And like, I will tell my clients, like you don't buy your way into relevancy. Like you have to build your brand organically and for real, um, or, you know, it's not going to last anyway. So just doing it, what we consider to be the right way just takes a lot of time. And I think in, in my life personally and professionally, it wasn't until I got to a point of maturity in my own life where I just realized that, you know, what I wanted was going to be hard and it was going to take a very long time. Um, it wasn't until that point that things, you know, really started to kind of to work the way I wanted it to. Wow. So you, you're absolutely right. You can't buy your way into relevance. Like that's one of the biggest things that I'm kind of learning along the way is that there's a, a process, right? Like this is building process. What, what are some of the things that you were able to do along the way that were, you're like, okay, cool, I can do this and it'll help me build a little bit. This will help me to, to, you know, spread my name a little bit. What are some of the marketing tools that you used during the time when you were trying to get your name out there? Well, I think just networking. Networking is so important. And, you know, I tell my clients the same way we've told our staff as we've moved to grow is make sure that when you're networking, you're doing it with the right mindset and the right heart, the heart. Um, because a lot of people make the mistake, players especially, um, and they can't help it, but they'll reach out and they'll network um, to benefit themselves. And that's the only priority. Um, for them and what they actually miss out on is the relationship because timing is everything um, and when like you reach out to coaches um, you want to build a relationship without trying to sell them something you know what I'm saying like a door-to-door -door salesman um, they expect that from every player that reaches out and what gets their attention is when a player can reach out and build a relationship with them without the expectation of how are you going to help me like I'm using you to help me. So it's the same way in the business world when you're trying, if you're trying to build a brand or company or professional network, you really have to do it knowing that it's going to take a long time. It's going to be hard and you got to do it the right way. So along that, along the way, right? Because you're, you're building and it is a process, but there's been some wins. So what have been some of your biggest wins? Some of those things you, you've kind of encountered that like, oh, this is a good experience. This is great. This feels like a win for me. Oh my goodness. And that's about timing too. And it's a process. And you, you asked earlier, you know, what are some of the downsides? And some of the downsides is um, PR in itself, that side of the company, it's, 
it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you have a lot of people that come in and they want things to happen super fast. And that's just not how it works. This is about layering and consistency and things, things like that. So, um, in, in the winning side, it's been all about timing and doing things the right way and just kind of staying in the game, you know, for the long haul and having clients that understand that this is hard and it's going to take a long time and we're going to do this the right way. You know, all those things I keep reiterating are part of that process, but the wins, when we get them, it's after a lot of work, like you don't just fall into success. The stuff doesn't land on my doorstep every morning. Um, it's, it's the result of a lot of time, a lot of work, resources, networking, doing things the right way, having the right kind of reputation, um, which we work very hard to get to. Um, but my goodness, every time our guys do something incredible um, with their charities, um, out on the field, off the field, sometimes it's not even something big like going to a Super Bowl. Sometimes it's a player calling you up and, and they have – shared with you an experience that's that they realize that they're growing as a person and you're like that is something to be celebrated too not even just the football games but watching some of these young men grow into full-fledged men of honor and integrity and you're just you're so proud of them I'm, I'm like everyone's mom around here I like I call them my kids I call them my guys I love them on very close relationships with all of them I'm in their business all the time um, and so those things um, those little baby steps we celebrate all of those Cyril Grayson just had a baby and you know I was like texting him like from the minute I knew that they were in labor I was like how are we doing? How are we doing? It's like, we're a bunch of grandmas sitting around waiting for a picture or an update, but um, no, the wins, we've had incredible wins. Cheryl Grayson is an incredible success story. We've put, you know, the last two years of hard work into him and just kind of walking with him and holding his hand in faith and lots of prayer. Um, just my goodness. Um, even when he didn't feel like he was winning, he was growing. And for us, that was a win and just, you know, those sorts of things, when we can negotiate good deals, um, those are huge wins for us. Um, all the charity work, I know like for the, the month of December is the most stressful, I think on our entire staff here, because we have, you know, all these athletes and um, all of our guys are on a, a cycle here. Each one of the guys that's in our contract is required to do four media-worthy charitable events per year, which we coordinate. We put them together. We put them with organizations, and we, we turn it out. Well, December is always the biggest event of the year for these guys. And um, where was I going with that? I got so excited. <laughs> about I just kind of jumped off my track here. No, um, so, so you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where I was going. I knew I'd come back to it. No, that's, that's huge for us because we're under all the stress and stress for the entire month of December. And then in January, we go back to kind of fold it up and package it into reports. And we have our, our annual staff meetings. And that's when we see um, what we're, we've been able to do as a company, because we might send these guys out um, to take foster families out for the night to, you know, have pizza and bowling or something. Um, and we might have this athlete go and do a family game night at, you know, the Ronald McDonald house, for example. 
And then when we tally all of this up and all these events and all these families and kids and other people that our athletes have been able to impact through our planning and our work and our coordination, um, it's, it, it's, it's very humbling. I love it. I love it. So here's the question. Um, you talked about earlier doing things the right way, right? You talked about your type A personality and how you wanted things done correctly, right? So what is it about the Black Diamond Firm that separates it from most in the industry? Well, I think our mentality kind of falls in line with some of the, the guys that we pick up for, you know, just as an example. Um, I actually recently got um, licensed as a CFL agent. I'm one in like five female professional football agents for the Canadian Football League. Now I know, it's so exciting. Um, but I didn't do that for me. Um, I'm not a lawyer. Um, I did it because our, we had a lot of talent that was trying to get through and they weren't getting marketed enough on the agent side. And so I thought, well, <laughs> you know, how much studying do we have to do here? I mean, I've, I've got a master's degree, you know, but uh, so I went through and I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to let this be where these guys stories end. And so I went, I studied, um, took the test and I passed it. And now I'm an agent, so now I don't, I don't have to wait on someone else to give my boys a decision, but we'll just push right on through on our side. And if we get it, we get it. But we're not going to wait um, and put our destiny in the hands of someone who's not going to work for it. And so as far as I can go to help all of my guys, that's what we do here. Every single person does that. Oh, I love that. I love that. that that's a big deal. Like, that's it not, yeah. Deal. That's a big deal. So, okay. So you, so you went forward and you became like, you're, you're now what licensed. You can negotiate deals and things of that nature now. I can, con I can do uh, contract negotiations. Actually, um, we just got Basil Jackson signed. He's an extraordinary um, win story for us too. If, if I, I'm going to run through his story really fast, you know, he, he came out of school, um, got a, a brief look with, you know, by the Dallas Cowboys they didn't pick him up and he thought, man, I don't know what to do. So he went overseas. They actually just, he played in Germany, won the German bowl over there. And then he came back home and it was kind of like they wanted him to come back and play overseas, but he's just so talented. And, and I told them, Basil, you know, you can play at that level. You can, you can do it. And so the timelines just weren't, coming together as far as when he needed to report back overseas and when the CFL would start their camps here in the U.S. And so, you know, we went out on a limb and we took him to lunch one afternoon and sat him down and said, look, this is the deal. Um, I want you to tell them that you're not going to come back. Let's put all the eggs in one basket. I'm going to take you to every single workout there is. And we're, we're going to do this thing. We're going to push for the CFL because I think that's where you need to be. And that was scary, you know, um, I like to take pretty calculated risks. Um, I'm not too afraid to lose because I know how hard I fight for these guys, but that was a great example. Um, it, it was, it was risky for us because I didn't want to be the one responsible for ending his career. Um, if we couldn't get picked up and it was a big risk for him to say, well, I know I've got a contract and normally we don't advise against not taking the contract. We take the contract. But uh, we took him to the, the very first Calgary Stampeders workout back on February 29th, 
110 other guys were there and, you know, prayed with him before we went in and all of our other guys, we took some of our other guys too. And they signed him a couple of days later. And, it, you know, it's just, you know, and he's been with us a while. So that's, that's another thing that makes us different with our firm. Absolutely. First of all, there's no other firm. Well, that's not true. There's uh, another firm. I'm not going to name them in business their way, but um, they're much <laughs> bigger than us. And they do full scale, just like we do probably some of the best in the business, but give us five years. Um, we want to be up to their level at some point in the future. But our thing is we care about our guys. We treat them like family. We're full scale and there's no other smaller firms out there. that are as full scale as we are literally where they can go from here to here and the whole career be in one spot. Um, so that sets us aside. But our biggest thing, I think, is the fact that we love people and it's never business. Um, it doesn't feel like business when we talk to them. We talk to our guys. It's required every single week. We want to know how they're doing. We get on the phone with them um, and we work out all of the things that we're going to get done this week, everything we need them to get done. Um, and that's with the people that manage them that they're assigned to. On top of that, they're still required to talk to me once a week too. So I got my hand in everyone's stuff. I always know what's going on with all of my guys and we care about them a lot. Um, we try to, you know, send them stuff on their birthday. Um, and they're all very close too. They're very closely bonded. We get our guys together to do charity events together. Um, if they live close to each other, we encourage them to hang out. With COVID-19, we've been trying to do Zoom calls every few weeks, and they love it. They all get on there, and they talk to each other, and they've bonded. And it's, it's, it's very different. It's what I feel like sport management needs to become. I'm actually in the middle of writing a book. I'm about halfway done writing my book about our method and about the changes that I would personally love to see in sport management. Because at the end of the day, our athletes deserve better we should be wanting to do better and our athletes should demand that we do better. I love that. I love that. You, you're inspiring. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll just say that. Um, um, okay. So I have this question to ask. Um, it, actually, before we get into this question, I have another question. When you, when you're, it seems like the relationship, it seems like they're really forming of a relationship whenever you're dealing with a client. How are you going about selecting clients and saying, okay, I want to work with this person? Or even if they're like reaching out, is it an automatic if they reach out to you, you're accepting that client? Or is it like some type of vetting process because you have certain requirements that you're requiring from your, from your, you know, your clients? So if that's the case, then how are you selecting them? Yeah, it's very, very hard. So we want to we want to make our services available to as many players as we possibly can, but we don't want to take advantage of any players who really couldn't benefit from our service, if that makes sense. Because um, the PR and athlete management side of our company, which is 90% of what we do here, is retainer-based. So there is a retainer fee for service, right? Because our time is consumable, our resources and all of that. Um, and the pro guys, they absolutely need someone to manage all of this stuff for them. So it does come with a cost. Um, so that automatically will take a lot of people out of the process just because they're not playing at the NFL level yet, or maybe they're not playing at all and they're just trying to play somewhere. Um, so 
that natural part of the vetting process is, you know, it just, it's organic. Aside from that, um, in prospective clients, you know, we do look for a few things. Obviously, um, is it the type of player playing at the, the level of quality that we could actually do something with and push them somewhere? Um, because we don't want to take money from someone that we, we can't help. We want to be honest about that, honesty and transparency. There's a huge trust process, uh, problem in the sport industry, I feel like right now, as far as players are concerned. There's a lot of scam artists. There's a lot of pitfalls out there. There's a lot of traps. And so, you know, we do spend a lot of time protecting our guys against predatory behavior, always encouraging athletes to work with, with uh, agents that they can actually go and verify on NFLPA or CFLPA that those are real agents. Um, stuff like that to kind of keep them from being taken advantage of. So back to your question though, you know, we, we love to work with guys. I, I talk to everyone before anyone's ever signed here. It doesn't matter who they've talked to in our company to get information. Maybe someone else jumped on a call and did a consult with them. Um, but before they are ultimately accepted or, or anything like that, they have to talk to me and I want to make sure that we're bringing in someone that's going to fit the personality and the climate here, especially with the guys we already have. That's one thing we're proud of is all the guys we represent. They share a lot of the same outlook on life and the same, um, you know, humility, gratitude, coachability. They're all humble guys. They get along great. Um, we don't have a whole lot of those chip on our shoulders or um, guys who are off field PR risk. That's a huge thing. Um, there's only so much you can clean up. I tell guys all the time when we're like doing the pricing and I'll tell them kind of like what the general retainer is at your level. And then I'll say, now, just to put it into perspective, if you're one of the troublemakers in the league at the NFL level, this is the price range. And it's like, their minds are blown. They're like, that's like an annual salary per month. And I said, well, yes, but if you can afford to be in trouble, man, I guess you can be in trouble. <laughs> Just trying to keep it, you know, into perspective. I love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's a big deal. Um, I need to ask you, okay, so like I talked to you earlier. I mean, just kind of throughout this conversation, I said you're inspiring, right? Like you, so far, what I've heard, it's an inspiring thing. If people know your story a little bit, it's an inspiring one. So let's just say you were talking to someone and they're like, you know what? I want a career like yours. I, I dream of one day earning my own, not to compete with you, right? But to have my own, right, sports management firm. Like I want to manage athletes. I want to, you know, deal in PR. Like I want to do this. It's something that I want for my career. And if that's something that they're thinking about doing later on in their career, what are some of the things that you would say to, to help them start off in their career? Absolutely. So the number one thing is it can't be about money, which a lot of people just, they're little, heads explode when I say that when I'm talking on panels and stuff like that uh, it can't be about the money the most important thing that you're ever going to do in this industry if you want to make this a career where you deal with these caliber players is you have to become um, a people person if you're not already um, these guys you know I say relationships are the most important thing about the job that we do here because you know, I, I spent two hours on the phone um, last Friday. You know, our, our weekly consult calls are about 15 to 20 minutes. Just briefly touch base. How's it going? What's going on? 
two hours with one of my guys. And it wasn't, wasn't because we were bored. It's because that's what he needed. Um, and if it's about money for you, you will never do your job to, um, the degree of your calling. I think you'll never be able to serve your clients, um, with a full heart in that way. If you truly care about people and you match your clientele with people whose vision that you can also believe in and see too, right? Because we don't want to work 40 and 50 hours a week for some guy we don't really believe in. And maybe we don't even like him. I'd rather stay at home and not do anything. Right. But when you have a relationship and you love these guys and you, you see how hard they work and you know how bad they want it and you care about them and you love on them and you are going to do your job. You're going to, you'll never do him a disservice because you really care about the results and about them. And once you've achieved that, the money will come, the money will come, but you got to do your job, right? These guys careers, it's not something to mess around with. This is their life. Um, their window is short and I love working in an industry where I can use um, sport puns all the time. Um, these guys are on the clock they are. <laughs> from the time they come out of college. The, the, the clock is ticking. They're getting older. Um, Any time that they're not on a team, they're not training with, you know, in a tr- team atmosphere with top of the line trainers, they're losing time. So if you're not the kind of person that jumps out of bed every day, just super excited to serve somebody else and see someone else reach um, the top of their mountain, then it would be the wrong career for you. I'm one of those people. um, I love to speak to people and I love to share my thought process and what I think makes us successful and makes us good at what we do. Um, But I'm also one of those people. If, if I could elect to just be invisible my entire life, then um, I would be invisible. I love being behind the scenes. I love going to the store, um, checking out at Walmart. No one has a clue what I do for a living or, you know, um, if you're that kind of person and you have a heart for people, this is a wonderful industry to get into. I love it. So you stated earlier and actually throughout the interview, you've talked about God's role and and what you what you're doing and how you're going about what you're doing. So talk to me a little bit about um how you know that it was God who was kind of leading you towards this place in your career or this particular career path. So um I think as human beings a lot of times um we're reluctant to accept things that are not meant for us. Um and I several years ago was kind of at a place in my life where everything I was trying to plan for myself was just not working. It was just one closed door after another. And I was just so frustrated. And I remember, you know, praying heavily on it and trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Like I'm working so hard, you know, it was in the entertainment industry and, you know, it was just really rough. It wasn't feeding my soul. I wasn't feeling like I was really doing anything that mattered. And I remember uh, talking to my pastor after church one day and he's like, oh man, hey, Brandy, how's it going? How's business doing? And I said, you know what? Um, I must have just been like such a downer that day. But I was like, you know, actually I said, I've been thinking about closing. And he was like, what? You know, that didn't make sense. Um, because it was a posh job working with celebrities and, and stuff like that. But I said, yeah, I said, you know, I've been praying about it. And I felt like God asked me, 
Brandy, where am I in your work? And I couldn't answer that question. Um, with what I was doing, I didn't feel like, like it, it was bringing glory to God. I don't feel like anything God was trying to teach me was being conveyed in my work. So I told him, I said, yeah, I think I'm just going to close it down. Um, I have no idea what my next step is going to be. Um, I actually got a part-time job doing something totally unrelated just because I was like, I don't know, maybe I was supposed to do something else. And I had one of my boys teachers one day when I was picking him up from school said, you know, we were talking and she is one of those women that just speaks in Bible verse, you know, you know what I mean? You know, somebody like that. And she was just, everything she said was just backed up right out of the book. And she um, just became one of those people I talked to a lot. And one day she said, you know, have you ever considered just going back to school? And I was like, how would I do that? You know, it was, I already went through all this stuff, had a total plan and had to back a plan. And now I don't know what to do. I don't have time to go to school. I've got five children. I was divorced. Um, I was like, I don't have time for that. It's silly. But every time I saw her, she keeps saying, well, did you, did you decide if you're going to go back to school? And so finally one day, um, I actually went back to my university and I sat down with an advisor there, uh, A&M, Texas A&M and Commerce. And I said, I don't know. I said, I've got like this patchwork quilt of education, gone to a couple of different universities. Um, don't, you know, I've got all this pre-med stuff I can't do anything with. And my advisor said, you know, she said, you actually have all the prerequisites. If you want to take, you know, get a master's degree in, in sports management. And I was like, sports? What do I do with sports? You know, that's, no, I have nothing to do. I mean, I like football, but um, I thought about it. And then it's just, you know, they say that, that um, God will plant the seed of desire in your heart for the things that are meant for you. And it was one of those things where I kept thinking, well, that might be kind of cool. Might be kind of cool. Um, with zero direction. And I think I just surrendered to the fact that I was being pulled in a direction that I wasn't initially willing to go. And I went back, I fell in love with sport law, which is the craziest thing in the whole wide world. Um, I had great mentors there at the program um, where I was. And I did, I graduated, you know, I flunked out of college my freshman year. And I used to be really um, embarrassed and shameful of that. But as I talk to people in my industry, I tell them that all the time. And I said, you know, I thought I was supposed to have life figured out coming out of high school, knowing what direction I should have gone. But it wasn't until my mid thirties that, you know, God imposed everything on me and I figured out where I was supposed to be. And so I graduated and I, I took this company that I was going closed and I scaled it to sports and made it all. That's, that's it. That's how we got there. And then I began to see God in my work, you know, praying for my clients, praying with my staff. There's not a workout that I don't take these boys to that we don't circle up and I pray over them, pray for them every day, special things in their lives. I've seen so many, you know, things come to pass. Um, and then Cyril Grayson is a great just example of, um, of this, you know, when, when he went to the Chicago Bears, and then he was, um, he was waived, you know, he called, and he was like, man, I don't get this, and, you know, we're talking through it, now, Cyril 
is the son of a preacher. Um, and so I, I speak that language when it comes to my boys. And I told him, I said, Cyril, did you ever hear, you know, the story of the farmer um, that, you know, he was in a drought and hadn't rained in forever and, and he was frustrated and angry. And then one day he went outside and started digging in the dirt and his neighbor stopped and said, man, what are you doing? You know, I hear digging a hole. He said, well, I'm, I'm Dylan, I'm digging this pond. And he goes, man, you have lost your mind. You know, we haven't had rain in forever and you're out here digging a pond. You've lost it. Well, um, he said, no, he said, I haven't gone crazy. He said, I'm just giving my faith to God. And he said, God promises, you know, in the Bible that your couple will uh, flow it over. And, uh, yes. And he said, he said, while I'm waiting for the rain, I'm going to build this pond because I have faith that not only is the rain going to come, but God's going to fill this pond when it, when it does. And so I told Cyril, I said, let's use that, you know, in the, the, the mental process here because it's, it is frustrating and, you know, they're on the clock. And so I told Cyril, I said, look, I said, you're in a drought right now. Just left the bears. We don't know where you're going next or if you're going next. And about two and a half weeks went by and I was checking in with him, you know, every couple of days, you know, and I had told him, I said, while you're in this drought, I said, you need to build your ark not be worrying about when this rain is coming. I said, you need to build your ark right now because there is a flood coming. And so after that, every time I'd call him or I would text him and say, hey, we up to, he'd say, I'm building my ark every single time. And you know what? It wasn't, but you know, two and a half weeks, New Orleans Saints called him and he was in and he spent the preseason there and God has just provided and provided and and so now I see God in my work all the time, just mentoring these guys and praying with them. And um, I'll pray with them over the phone. Sometimes they call and that's what they need. So I know this is where I'm meant to be because I didn't get here on my own. I've, I would have never come up with this plan or thought that, you know, I'd be an agent or that I'd have this firm, that I'd have all of these guys that you know, I care so much about and that believe in what we do here and are trusting us. And I, I would have never done that on my own. So I'm, I, I absolutely believe that I've been brought all this way to be right here where I am. And it's funny because I'll get guys that'll call all the time. And um, just about everyone we represent is a man of faith. And I'm like, man, that's God. I love that. I love that. Um, and look, the I know some of that stuff. I, I've kind of followed the story since we had Sarah on last year. You know, I'm a fans fan. I, well, some people may not. I, I don't know how they would know. But <laughs> but, but um, when I first saw that um, Sarah had signed um, with the Saints, I was like, he was. Well, I saw the four three speed first. But then I. But then four after three, that. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that, I was like, yo, I want to bring him on, right? And so I reached out, and then that's kind of how we got connected, right? Um, through that, and I was like, you know, I really wanted to talk to him. Talking to him, it was just really impressive. He's a really impressive guy, right? And we've had him on um twice, yeah, actually, at this point. But after his time with the Saints, I saw he got cut, and I was like, dang. I saw the XFL kind of come around, and I was wondering right at that time, I was like, is Cyril going to the XFL? Because I mean, there's just no way they turn him down if he wants to, right? There was no way. And so I was like, okay, if that's where he wants to go, then let me find out. So I, I go ahead and reach out. I say, hey, sir, how you doing, man? Hope everything's going well. You know where you headed? 
and I said, are you, are you dealing with this XFL thing? He's like, oh, no, I just signed with Tampa. I said, that's what's up. <laughs> There's yeah. no, like, he, he, every oppor- opportunities keep popping up for him, right? And I know it's only a matter of time before it fully sticks, and he's one of the guys everybody's picking up at fantasy football. Like, I know that's the thing that's coming, and they'll, like, they'll wonder where this guy came from. He'll already be on my team by that point. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's on there, too, for fantasy football, so, um, yeah. It's it's awesome and it's cool that he's you know now you know getting his shot with Tom Brady. Hopefully this all you know works out really well, and hopefully it doesn't hurt my Saints. We'll see. So, <laughs> so I want to ask you some quick hitter questions, right? Just some fun, um, quick hitter questions, and you can say no. I'll say this before we get started, right? You can say, you know what? That's not a good question. I won't I won't answer that question. Okay. All right. There's twelve questions here. Okay. And you'll get to pick what number you want. And then from there, we'll go ahead and, and ask that question. You ready to go? All right, let's do it. All right, let's rock. All right, pick your number. One to 11. 12. 11. 11? Awesome. All right, cool. We just came off of talking about God's direction in your life. Cool. What's your favorite Bible verse? And you don't have to, like, say the actual, you know, where it is or where you find it, but just one Bible verse that kind of, like, sticks with you. Absolutely. It's, it's follow, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I love that. It's my favorite. That's awesome, especially based on what you do. <laughs> yes. I love that. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. Give me another number. All right, three. Three? All right, cool. So what has been your biggest elevation tool? Like one tool that you found and it really just helped you, you know, help you and help your company and help you grow. Oh, gosh. Word of mouth has been kind of helpful. Um, I still think that that's the good old-fashioned you know, way to do everything anyway. But I think, man, I don't know. I still think it's got to be relationships. The relationship, I know that's not like a tangible tool or it's not like a website I could spit out, but I think the relationships and the the time um, that we spend with each guy to build those relationships is ultimately how that leads to word of mouth. And, and then, you know, just other guys uh, coming here and knowing that they're going to be taken care of. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. Give me another number. One. One? All right. Your favorite quote. Like, what's just a quote that, that's your favorite Ooh, quote for you? It's Charles Dickens, and it's, oh, my goodness. I won't be able to say it all the way through. It's something like, uh, like, have a heart that never hardens, a temper that never something, and a touch that never hurts. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. <laughs> and we'll find the quote. <laughs> we'll find the quote. Yeah. We'll put it up. I love it. All right, cool. Give me another number. Four. Four? Awesome. All right. Who is your biggest motivator? Your biggest motivator? It seems like you play the role of motivator, cheerleader, coach, like everything for your squad. But who plays that role for you? Who is your biggest motivator? Who's your biggest cheerleader? Oh, my goodness. Biggest motivator. Well, I, you can name a few if you need to. All right. Well, my kids keep me grounded. Um, they're my why for sure. Um, sometimes it's me, uh, to be honest. Um, I go, I get most of my thinking in when I'm working out, which I haven't been doing enough of lately, but, um, that's okay. That's a pandemic. I love listening to like um when I go to the gym, like you you got the guy next to you listening to like some Eminem and some, some hard stuff. I listen to a lot of motivational speeches. Um 
and that to me kind of refills my cup a little bit and it it gets me kind of more motivated to go out and make a difference um oh my gosh i just based on his name to um one of my favorite guys i have like his whole story uh memorized verbatim word for word um i can't think of it man i was gonna tell everyone go listen to it um he talked about growing up uh you know, having to sleep six in the bed and, um, oh my gosh, he's got a spur, but he went, he was injured in college. He was going to, you know, go to the draft and everything else and had a, you know, a terrible injury that kind of ended his career. And he's just, he's just a great speaker. I'm sorry. I'll have to get back. Is that ET? Yes. Is that, is is that, um, the hip hop preacher? Is he, um, I don't know. Uh, it's not ET. He's been on ESPN and no, it's right on the tip of my tongue. And I'm sitting here in my head. I can see him. Oh my gosh. It's going to drive me crazy. But he talks about, you know, you know, with he he would go out and run extra drills after practice. And his mom would sit in the car and wait. And he talks about like meeting her eyes, you know, in the darkness and seeing her there after working her shift at, at Wendy's, watching him run these extra drills because he wanted to go to the NFL as a little kid. And, um, wow. Wow. I gotta, I, I got look if to, that, if no worries, if that name comes to you, it's not Eric Thomas though. No, it's not. It's okay. Not. Okay. I can't All believe right. I spaced it. I tell everyone about him. Like, if you haven't listened to this, you need to go and look it up and listen to it. Look, if it pops up later on, just feel free to blurt it out. I will. I will. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Cool. Give me another number. Let's go with nine. Nine? Love nine. it. Here we go. All right. Give me. <laughs> All right. Um, Give me your favorite, like, you're going out to get a client. I, I don't know how much you recruit clients, right? But give me the the time where you went to go get a client and you were just, like, on. You were perfect. It, it worked out really well. And you grabbed the client really quick. Oh, that's kind of tough. So we reach out. We have a very non-sales pitchy, no-pressure system here. Like, we want to connect with everyone. We want everyone to know that we're here. Um, and kind of what we do. Um, but we don't really spend a lot of time selling, I guess we do spend a lot of time talking to people though, and doing kind of some free consulting, but, um, man, I don't know. It's, it's, these are not typically decisions that are made very quickly. Mm. Uh, It's, I can't really think of a time where I talked to someone and they were like, Hey, yes, let's do this right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I've had a lot of great conversations that turned into, you know, long-term clients. I have some pending right now. Um, I've got three NFL guys that, you know, we're supposed to get in the preseason and just great conversations there. But I've given, I've given the spiel enough times. I think we got it down though. (laughs) Look, I want to know what goes into that spill, but I don't, I don't want you to give away yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got to know what goes into that spill. Um, but I won't, I won't, I won't act. All right, cool. So <laughs> I, we go, we'll do two more, okay? All right, give me another number. All right, what's our range again? We're going 1 to 12. Oh, okay. Let's do 12. 12. All right, cool. So Black Diamond, what does it mean? What does it stand for? Oh, my gosh. We get asked that a lot. Um, 
I liked Black Diamond at the time. It was just, I don't know, it seemed sleek, you know. You know, Black Diamonds are rare. Uh, when you think about skiing, Black Diamond is, you know, the most superior challenge that there is. And then I love the fact that diamonds are created under pressure. And when you, um, you try to compare athletes to diamonds, that, that's what they all are. Um, and the, it seems like the more um, you put on them, the better they come out. And they're not afraid. It's what I love about working with athletes is they're so structured and they understand that there's a process because they've had coaches yelling in their ears since peewee football. They know that there's a process and they know they've got to work hard and they know that if they work hard, they'll get a reward. And sometimes you work hard and you don't get a reward. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about them. So that's kind of where the name came from. Um, it just kind of stuck. People, I have people all the time. I was like, man, I really like the name. <laughs> I did when I when I first heard it. I was like, "Oh, this is high level." Let me let me see if they'll even respond to my email. Oh I got, <laughs> no, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. I was like, "This is very sleek. Like it's it's really dope. I appreciate it." So, all right, here we go. We got one more. Okay, how about eight? Eight. Yeah. All right, cool. So eight is a. I may answer. I may not answer. Right. You said earlier that you worked with celebrities. Right. And so you, you had to work with some celebrities in PR. I know there's a lot of like cleanup. Right. So you have to do some cleanup every now and again. Um, what is your funniest or favorite celebrity story? Funniest and you don't have to give any names. Celebrity story. Oh, my gosh. So I have one and, and I won't reveal their names. Cool. Okay. Um, but this is a married this is a married couple here, and uh, this had to do with a baby shower gifting event that we were coordinating for them. And there was one of the packages, or no, the whole thing. So back then, you would take all this product, and you would package it, and you would send it to their rep. Well, <clears throat> in the entertainment industry, your rep could change almost day to day in some cases, and in this situation, the package went to the female's publicist and she had fired her publicist in between, you know, point A and B and C and D and whatever. So it's not, you know, unusual for us to ship something and not hear anything for a period of time, just because that's the way it works. But I'm, man, I got a call like a year later from uh, her rep, her new rep, apparently, saying, you know what, they're really mad and, and we want to know. Um, no, actually, it was, it was his agent that called us fiery mad. He even went on Twitter and wrote something like, oh, these people are just scam artists, it, which we're not, would never scam anyone. But, uh, man, he was on, he was just mad. And I was like, man, I don't understand what's going on. I said, well, I said, give me a minute. Cause we keep records of everything. And so, you know, like we're going into the archive, pulling this up and, you know, scanning stuff and sending it. Well, her, her representative calls me and apologizes for him, apologizes for his rep. And we're going to take everything off right away. And I said, well, okay, that's good. I said, uh, well, we, we sent it, but, you know, I just scanned you everything, and it had gone to her old agent, and so they were, <laughs> they were kind of embarrassed, and, and 
and whatnot. And, you know, we got the thank you later, but it was just one of those times where you're just kind of like, man, like this, these people have a lot of power and even more power now because they're very successful and they're wonderful human beings. They're wonderful human beings. Love them both. Um, But yeah, that was, that was crazy. We've been through some crazy stuff. So you mean to tell me that that, well, that tweet could have been damaging. Yeah, it definitely could have been, uh, but it wasn't up for very long. It was up for maybe 10 minutes or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. But okay. I was like, "You, y'all gonna work that out?" He's <laughs> got us tagged and everything. So, oh God, I understand. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you coming on. Um, I have this one last question before we go. How can we, like, you know what we do here, right? So we we definitely want to, you know, give people's um, stories out there. We definitely want to talk more about that. But we also want to pray for the people who come on our show and, you know, do us the blessing of giving us an interview. So how could, you know, the, our listeners and how could us as a team, how could we pray for you as you move forward with, with Black Diamond? Yeah, just absolutely keep all of our guys um, in your thoughts and prayers and our staff. I know one of the things that we regularly pray for is that, you know, God will give us the discernment and the right heart, the servant's heart to really do everything that we're supposed to do and to do it well and that God will lead God and direct all of our steps because we don't take our job lightly at all. We know what's at stake and how important it is. So um, just, just praying for our staff who are sometimes, you know, it's the nature, you know, of the business, but a lot of times, you know, people don't really remember to think about us. We're just the ones that are supposed to get everything done and that's okay. But I know my staff works very hard. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of stress, um, very rewarding, but it is very stressful. And then just pray for all of our athletes for good health and, for all of the athletes that will ever be in our care that, you know, we always serve them um, the, to the best of our ability. I love that. All right. So thank you for playing our, our game earlier. There was a few questions that we, we didn't ask, right? So I kind of tell you some of those. Um, so you're, you have public speaking. You, do, you offer a lot of public speaking topics. And I was going to ask, what's, one of your, what's your favorite of all the ones that you offer, right? Um, and I, it's actually a pretty good lot. I was going to ask, what's one of your favorites um, to do whenever you're asked to come on? Um, another one was, I know you're a, you know, you're a PR, you know, person, you have to do with some cleaning up was your favorite cleanup story. If you, <laughs> I'm glad um, we skipped that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one was, um, what's your biggest distraction? So we talked about biggest elevation tools, right? Sometimes, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, you get caught up doing other stuff, fun stuff, maybe, but what's like, what could be a huge distraction for you? Um, that was one. Um, and then the other one was, let's see, cleanup stories. Uh, oh, sports. What, um, have you ever played a sport yourself, right? Um, and if you ever played a sport, what was your sport? And, and, you know, like, how'd that work out for you? Those were all, you know, a few that were kind of just still out there. Oh, cool. Do you want me to answer those? Or No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you. Can you please help us to, to you know, kind of spread your, your word a little bit? How can people find you? How can they find you on Twitter? How can they find you on Instagram or whatever? Or even your website? How can they find you? Sure. So we're at www.blackdiamondfirm.com. And then our social media handles are all the same. Luckily, um, BD Sports MGMT for management um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, if you're out there um, and you know of an athlete, right? L listen, this could really help. If you know an athlete who could use some representation and they're, you know, headed to the big leagues and they possibly need a all-encompassing, you know, sports firm that can help them out with their management or, or while they're going through whatever they're going through, please go ahead and look up the Black Diamond PR firm. It is a, you know, excellent place. You heard the whole interview, right? So go ahead and just help them reach out to Brandy. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Brandy. We really appreciate you. It was Inky Johnson. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Come to me right in the final, final minute. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you. Y'all have a good one. God bless. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big. I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. Hot. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it.